Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Echo Network's Imagine India podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Olson. At the Echo Network, we dream of the world not as it is, but as it could be. It's one of the reasons that we love the power of science and technology to shape our futures. We know that by working together, we already have all the tools we need to achieve our dreams. The Echo Network's Imagine India podcast listens to the dreams that our world's light bringers have for India and our planet. We believe that by listening to each other, we can begin to bring those many dreams together for a collective vision that can become the new reality. So let's start now. Today's guest is a farmer, a foodie, an animal lover, an environmentalist, a waste warrior, and as we know him, the Director of Operations at Hathirodala Innovations, Marwan Ababaker. Welcome to our program. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you here today. I really have loved working with you at the network and interacting with you many times. And every time you speak, I really appreciate the insights that you have about uh, not only the work you do, but kind of about sustainability in general. So thank you so much for for saying yes to us. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I was looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. When I asked you how you wanted to be remembered, you said as Someone who made a difference in people's lives, like the waste pickers, citizens of Bangalore, and the government. And you went on to say that all three of these stakeholders are key to creating a circular economy where we no longer depend on natural resources for a thriving economy. You've been part of so many developmental initiatives that try to link different stakeholder groups together from the Golden Husk, which is an animal welfare and environment NGO, to Pals, which is a street dog management and welfare organization, to Radioactive, which is a community radio station, and of course, Satya Odal Innovations, which is a company focused on fostering entrepreneurship and creating better livelihoods for waste pickers. And one of the biggest issues in bringing different sectors together that we also struggle with at the Echo Network is in building trust, right? For everybody to work together, especially between entities that traditionally have a lot of distrust for each other. So I'd like to start by asking you what what lessons have you learned in your in your life's journey that have helped you to figure out how to build this kind of trust that you've had to build in so many different contexts? And do you have any tips that you can give the rest of us who are trying to build this trust needed um, in different contexts. Yeah, I think uh, when I started my journey in the social space, uh, I think the key factor here is uh, trust in people because um, the different communities that are available uh, within your surroundings, be it a city or, uh, or a rural area, there are different com- communities that are present and they're so marginalized that most of the times they're the first targeted communities that get affected for any kind of change or impact or uh, aggression. So anybody that reaches out to any community for whatever reason, the first question uh, that pops up into people's minds is, what are you here for? You know, is there any vested interest? And that was one of the hardest things that we had when we started out, uh, when the not-for-profit started out, um, mm-hmm. 
uh, back in 2011-12 was uh, to gain trust of the Vaishwika community. And yeah. it took us over a year, you know, to gain that trust from them. The only interest what we had was uh, to get the waste pickers access to the benefits that the government uh, would provide. And they had no clue about it. And because of the not-for-profit, we were we started the for-profit Pasivdala Innovations, which basically looks after all the livelihood opportunities for the waste pickers. And I would say the only thing what we did uh, as be it the trustees or the founders of Pasivdala Innovations is we were always true to what uh, we had in mind. There was uh, a clear path in our hearts that we wanted to benefit them uh, directly. And uh, we believed strongly that with, with that intent in, in our hearts and in our minds that the universe is going to conspire and make sure that, you know, something good will always come your way. My only tip to everyone is just be true and honest to what you believe in. And uh, if you're able to deliver that, there's nothing stopping you. What is the process that you go through in order to build trust? There's so much distrust existing, right? So you have to break through that first, mm-hmm. and then you have to build the trust. I think the only way you can gain trust is when you when you commit to something to an individual or a community. And if you're um, moving in that direction and see light at the end of the tunnel uh, where uh, what you've promised is uh, is coming into fruition, what we do at Hasvidala uh, Innovations is we create business models that you know have a direct impact to their earning and access to clean waste and uh, better dignity in work, uh, better support system for them and their families. Waste pickers were not recognized at all in the city. Right. And uh, to bring in that recognition, uh, the not-for-profit and I and another colleague uh, we uh, we did a study of uh, waste pickers in Bangalore. So back then we estimated about thirty to forty thousand waste pickers that resided in uh, Bangalore, mm-hmm. and uh, we did a study of about fifteen thousand of them, um, and uh, we came up with this analysis that they're diverting about one thousand fifty tons of waste per day and saving the municipality eighty four crores annually. And uh, this data and this information is what set president in Bangalore and the BBMP, which is the municipality of Bangalore, was the first municipality to offer work-based ID cards to waste pickers. And from then on, every uh, every policy, every law that surrounds waste talks about waste picker integration. Now, waste pickers have reached the likes of plastic treaty negotiations. They've reached the likes of the COP negotiations, which happened this year. And each of them had representation of waste because from India and rest of the country, uh, rest of the world. So there's there's a strong movement towards waste bigger integration in the waste management structure, and uh, there is recognition in their contribution because it's not a small contribution. They are directly impacting the economy, and on the offset, they are supporting the environment. So it started there with us, you know, providing the workplace ID cards for waste pickers was the first barrier that we broke. And they said, OK, all right, you're doing something for us, which means you're saying what you're doing. And, you know, and the rest is history. 
what I liked about what you just said is also it started with acknowledgement, right? And recognition, yeah. not only of, of what your inten- your own intention are, but but what they have been doing, right? Yeah. For as you said, with 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 no recognition at all. And it's just providing that acknowledgement, I, I think is one of the key steps to building trust. So for our listeners out there that don't know, India is the world's third largest plastic consumer um, with over 15 million or so metric tons of, of uh, con- consumption annually. And 60% of this consumption about ends up as waste, but over 60% of that waste is also managed. And that's 10 times more than, than my home country of the U.S. And this enormous success is, is largely due to the informal waste sector that we've been talking about that that yeah. do this on a daily basis and as consumers we actually are generally unaware of this sector and and how we as generators of waste actually could potentially make their jobs easier and more efficient and on top of that i also recently went searching for just lists of recycling centers and locations for for waste circulation across the country and i found this information really hard to come by so i wanted to know if you can tell uh, us as individual consumers some things that we can do um, that can either help these informal workers and keep them in mind while we're generating this waste or more generally how to just manage our waste and improve our waste circularity as as individuals yeah i i mean that's a very important question you asked um, mm. I think we should firstly acknowledge and appreciate the people handling our waste, you know, because it's the waste that we generate and somebody else is handling. But right there is uh, the start, I would say. Um, you know, just just go up and speak to the person who comes and collects your waste. Get to know them. You know, uh, as, as simple as smiling to that person brings such a big difference to um, them and the work they do because it's it's literally a dirty job. You know, it's yeah. as literal as it can get. Job. It's it's a dirty job. It's a tough job. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are people doing it. Mm-hmm. And if we don't uh, acknowledge and appreciate them, your trash is not going to get picked up eventually on some day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best way to be responsible for the waste that you generate is segregation. The key is segregation at source. If you do not segregate waste, it becomes that much more difficult to handle the waste. What you should do is, you know, try and find out if you have a local recycling facility. If there is a local scrap shop or a, or an aggregator, then you, you try and link up these value chains that's available in the recycling space and then try and see how you can provide the waste in the, in the form that they would need, which is basically segregation. Do not mix your organic waste with your recyclables. So that's the first step. And especially your sanitary waste with your organics or your recyclables. If you're able to get this minimum three-way segregation in place, I think you've done your job and there's nothing more that you need to do. All metro cities have started implementing a more decentralized model of handling waste, which means there is a either a dry waste collection center or a material recovery facility within mm-hmm. your ward. In each ward is supposed to have a dry waste or a material recovery facility, and uh, most of the metro cities have it. Um, the ones that are non-metro, also tier one, tier two cities, also have started introducing these things, but most of them are dysfunctional. Um, so, for somebody who is living in the metro, get to know your municipal officer who is in charge of your ward. 
if you exactly. know of how to segregate waste do it if you don't know find out how who is the one handling your waste find out who is handling your waste find out the municipal officer that's responsible for your ward your zone so once you take in accountability once you start following up with the municipality which is whose role it is to you know make sure every civic community is available to the citizen of that city uh, if you start questioning and start checking up on what they're doing then things all fall fall in line i also appreciate how you're humanizing this whole process because i think when we hear about waste it's very impersonal i think that's really important to mention you know that this does come down to people in the end yeah, and it does. starts with us Yeah yeah it does Shannon because you know I was on the other side I was never in the waste space all my life you know it, <laughs> it just suddenly happened and uh, uh so how, years, how did you yeah go go ahead how did you get know, into four, it 14 years ago is when 14 or 15 years ago is when it all started for me and uh, uh it all started when a, a very close friend of mine um introduced to me to a community radio station right, and right. Uh, that's that radio station was licensed to a to a university so um it doesn't come under those uh, entertainment radio stations but more community specific so it was the people's radio they call it the people's radio and uh, uh what the radio station did was give access to communities to use the radio as a platform to reach out mm-hmm. to the large audience when i volunteered my time there is when i realized that i've been in my own bubble there and i didn't realize there's so many communities that existed around me and that's what introduced me to different communities and different uh people that's how my journey in the social sector started and one of the areas that i was focusing on was on street dog animal welfare so we used to have a lot of dog bite cases back in the day um that was 14 years ago and uh, one of the areas of human animal conflict was around waste mm mm-hmm. because we'd had waste on the streets we'd have dogs cows birds eating there we would have people right. walking by to throw waste there we would have waste pickers picking up the recyclables to earn a livelihood so there was a lot of hustle and bustle around waste and uh, that's where we used to have a lot of dog bite cases and wa- trying to solve the dog bite issue i had to solve the waste issue and that's how my journey began in the waste sector i see okay yeah. okay yeah that's that's such a that's such an interesting point that you just brought up that actually i mean cuz we have a huge stray dog population in 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 bangalore especially yeah. um and that is true it's in, it's deeply tied to to waste and also since we're talking about people i wanted to ask you about someone who influenced you so tell me about pinky chandran well she's the one she's the friend that i was referring to who introduced me to the community radio a very dear friend of mine and uh, somebody who's still um in in my close circles and uh, always there uh, to lean on in case of any kind of support so she's the one who used to head the community radio station and uh while i was in search of my purpose in life is when i gave her a call and she said just why don't you come down and volunteer at the community radio station i said okay i'll show up one day and that was it there was no turning back and uh, i am immensely grateful to her for uh, supporting uh, my search of purpose in my life mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i'm eternally grateful to her <laughs> it's nice to make these kind of friends on the way that you carry with you 
yeah. as your journey changes. So, um, so I'm glad that you're still very much in touch with her, even though the, you've moved on to to other other dreams at this point. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of dreams, I think it's time for me to ask you the three questions that really lie at the heart of our program, which is about your dreams. Mm-hmm. So, I would like you to start by closing your eyes. Okay. And I want you to imagine the India of 2033 that you dream about. What does it look like to you? Well, <laughs> in 10 years, we're definitely growing in population, that's for sure. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I hope with all the intervention that's going on off late and with all the discussions around climate change with circular economy, I hope things have moved toward that direction where our dependence on natural resources has reduced and uh, our inclination towards um, post-consumer waste or any kind of waste material that gets generated is used as a resource to create all the necessary requirements for our existence and uh, we start integrating these processes and hopefully have a space where you know the people who built this entire ecosystem of waste uh, management which is the waste because are integrated into not necessarily in the waste space but also given opportunities where they can move to other spaces and uh, yeah, a thriving economy, as I said. So yeah. if I could wave a magic wand, okay, and give you anything that's either existing on the planet currently or not yet existing that could help make that dream of circularity come true, mm-hmm. uh, what would you what would you wish for? <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would say the easiest thing if you had a magic wand is to brainwash all the powerful uh you know government and bureaucrats <laughs> to see what we are saying is true yeah so if you had the so magic how, wand that would be the best way to use it so how can we work towards that so i mean essentially what you're saying is, is awareness right awareness yeah. and recognition of the issues and and that we all play a role whether we're a government official or we're just a household waste generator as we talked about earlier right so mm-hmm. how is Dollar innovations and how is Marwan? How are you? How are you working towards increasing that awareness and understanding? I think we've uh, what we've been doing since the day we started is trying to bring in change to the waste pickers and also demonstrating what circular economy truly means. And by doing so today, we are the only World Fair Trade certified multi waste handling company that uh, is currently uh, collecting organic waste, transporting it to a biogas facility, uh, bottling the biogas and Mm. sending it back to restaurants to consume. So Mm. demonstrating a circular economy where we've had multiple governments from different states come and see the possibility of this happening. What we're trying to do is demonstrate to the people that it is possible. But seeing is believing. That is very, yeah. very true. And I think that is the best way of, of increasing support is by demonstrating that it is 
possible. And I hope that we're moving towards that through all of our efforts, also through, you know, our work with the Echo Network to try to help you with that and help nudge yeah. that awareness forward. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think awareness is the key here. Uh, everybody that gets aware should voice out to the people that can make that difference and bring in that change. There's yeah, no absolutely. any other way. I think one of the ways that what what you can uh, also ask is possibly to your listeners is, um, you know, how can they help in this journey that we are on? If they are part of any of the communities, which is either a bulk generator that we offer services to, or if you're hosting any events, um, or if you're working with brands uh, in the city today, each of these uh, verticals uh, can offer a solution by working with us which is creating a direct impact with the waste pickers today. And either they get a, a full-time job or a part-time job, or they, they're compensated uh, higher than market value for the materials that they are spending their lives in. And you work with, uh, my husband's Swedish, and you work with a very famous Swedish company, right? You work with H&M. Yes. So yeah, yeah. All the all with the buttons, right? I think you provide yeah. some of the raw materials for the buttons, raw among other things. For the buttons. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. So I think there's lots of avenues to you know to cr- improve that circularity and provide yeah. income to them, Correct. and also and also provide that loop that we need in, yeah. the, in the process. So Correct. absolutely. Marwan, uh, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast and and sharing uh, your dreams with us. And, you know, you have such a such a huge heart and such an empathic nature. And I really, I, I really mean, I felt connected with you the very first time that we met. Um, I just really appreciate the way you think about the world and, and how you humanize these, these issues like waste that we normally don't think of humans being part of. But I, I really want to thank you um, just for who you are and also for your openness. And, and I think the hope that you give you give all of us about, you know, this future for India, that it can be a positive, circular, sustainable future if we just work together. Yeah, that's right. Put it all together. Thank you so much yeah. for having me, Sam. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Marwan. And if uh, any of you out there listening are interested in the work that Marwan is doing or would like to contact him for more information, you can, of course, check out the Hasira Dell Innovations website online, or you can write to us at info at echonetwork.in, and we will connect you. And I want to thank all of our listeners out there for being with us again today. And I hope you'll tune in next month, the last month of the year, when we share more dreams for India and for the world. And until then, we wish you love and hope and keep dreaming. Bye, everybody. Bye.